Park United Methodist in Tampa, Florida. This is the Bible Project 2020, a journey to reading the Bible without fear or frustration. I'm your host, Matt Hotho. On this week's episode, Jill Krantz and our senior pastor, the Reverend McGray DeVega, sit down with Bishop Kenneth H. Carter Jr. to discuss the book of Acts. Kenneth H. Carter Jr. is the resident bishop of the Florida Conference of the United Methodist Church. He came to the Florida Conference in 2012. Bishop Carter oversees almost 800 congregations, fresh expressions, campus ministries, and other parts of the United Methodist Conference in Florida. Bishop Carter came to Florida from North Carolina, where he was a local pastor for 29 years. He and his wife, Pam, have become beloved members of the Florida Methodist Connection, and we are grateful that he could join us on the Bible Project 2020 to discuss the book of Acts. Now, on to the episode. Well, Bishop Carter, what a joy and privilege it is to have you part of our Bible Project journey, and what a terrific book to have you enter the conversation, the book of Acts. Uh, I know that you have um, been a fan of what we've been doing at the Bible Project with Hyde Park and and beyond. Uh, Perhaps you could begin with a word of greeting to all of us who have been on this journey. Well, thank you, McGray, and thank you, Jill, and just thanks to every one of you who's a part of this Bible Project There is so much in this era of multiple pandemics that we have no control over. And any way we can, I think, add some structure to our spiritual lives. And I can't think of any better way to do that than just reading through the Bible, kind of from beginning to end and seeing and immersing ourselves in the whole story. And just thank you for those of you who've been on this journey we're well into it, and I'm just in awe of what Hyde Park has done with this and grateful just to each person who's made this a, a significant part of your life. But thank you. It's been a blessing in a way that we didn't expect uh, before this pandemic started. And- yes, I was going to say, it's amazing. I have heard before that if you read parts of the Bible over again, they will speak to you in different ways at different times. But we have found a whole new meaning <laughs> during the year 2020 to a large parts of the Bible. Absolutely. Well, here we are in the book of Acts, and we can't wait to talk to you about it. Bishop Carter, as you take a look at the book of Acts, I'm sure there are some general themes that jump out at you uh, that are of interest uh, to you, not only as a, as a bishop of the Florida Annual Conference, but as a follower of Jesus. Uh, what are the themes from Acts that jump out at you? <laughs> Well, one theme is is simply the continuity with the Gospel of Luke and how Luke wrote Luke and Acts. That's about 40% of the, of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And so you have this continuity of these two uh, writings, which really form one whole. Uh, and I think about the continuity between the life of Jesus and the life of his followers here on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he's Lord, he's... Jesus is divine, uh, we're human, uh, etc. And yet there's a continuity between what Jesus was on the earth to do and what we're on the earth to do. And that strikes me as just something to start with. Yeah. I've often described Acts as our entry point into the biblical narrative, because the story of the birth of the church is our origin story as Christians today. And we ought to see traces of ourselves in the DNA of those early Christians. Um, How would you characterize the early church as is 
reflected in the book of Acts and is consistent with what we are to be as the church today? Well, to me, it begins with that verse, Acts 1-8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. Literally, the Greek word is martyr. Uh, You'll be my witnesses uh, in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And there's that kind of uh, outward spiral, almost like a stone hitting the water Mm. and rippling outward. And the fact that this outward ripple continued, ultimately, is why we get included in this. Yes, right. That what started in Jerusalem and then spread to places like Antioch and then Rome and then throughout the world came to encompass not only Israel, but the Gentile world came to encompass us. And there's a lot of excitement at the beginning of the book of Acts. And we have been waiting to hear because the book of Luke ends and we say, okay, what happened next? And so we get to the book of Acts and it picks up and we go, okay, now we know what happened next. This happened and that happened. And so there's a sense of excitement Mm -hmm. and urgency almost as you move through the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And of course, we see this in in Pentecost uh, in Acts 2 and you know, the everyone we're talking about right now is a part of Israel. They're all dispersed all over the world. And I know you've, as a part of the Bible Project, you've, you've really become immersed in the Hebrew Bible in the Old Testament. And so, you know, they kind of got scattered yes. everywhere. And, but, mm-hmm. um, but they've come back for this festival, this sort of in-gathering, and something miraculous happens, and it's the fulfillment of the promise to Joel. I'll pour out my spirit again on all mm-hmm. flesh, uh, that we're we're all going to be included in this. And that's, to me, the exciting piece. Uh, and, and just that verse, they heard it in their own language, yeah. uh, which has always just been so compelling to me. But I think we can, all of us who follow Jesus can can say that along the way, I heard this in my own language. Mm. It connected with my mm-hmm. story. And that's the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. I like that. You can say what they heard spoke to them. Did they hear it in the exact language that they speak? Did they hear it some other way? I don't know. But it spoke to them. They heard the Word of God through what was being said that day on Pentecost. Absolutely. And to follow what the two of you are saying, there is so much awe and wonder throughout the book of Acts. In fact, literally the words awe and wonder were, are in Acts 2, that after they um, had everything in common and sold their possessions to give to those in need, awe fell upon the believers. The Lord added to their day the, the number who were being saved. And story after story of dramatic conversions of the work of the Spirit, um, it, it as much as this might be a story of our origins as a church, what would it take to recapture that sense of awe and wonder in the <laughs> church today? I mean, if those were qualities of the early Christians, what has happened to where we need to feel that awe and wonder again? Um, that's a question that I have anyway. What do you yeah. think, Bishop Carter? Well, you know, we're we're having this conversation in the middle of what what we call multiple pandemics of COVID, which is, is, is really 
very much affecting us. Um, you know, Florida has had almost 15,000 deaths from COVID. Mm-hmm. These multiple experiences of public racism, mm-hmm. uh, the economic damage, the mental health, mm-hmm. uh, yes. uh, you know, outcomes. And so that's, that's the context we're hearing this. And, you know, for me, as the story unfolds in Acts, in, um, in Acts 9, uh, it's the, these conversions, conversion experiences of Paul and Peter, uh, these two major characters in the New Testament. And the conversion experiences are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Paul's experience, Paul has been a persecutor of the church, you know, a Pharisee. He has this pedigree of, you know, he talks about it in Philippians 3. You're going to get to that later. Uh, and he literally has this kind of, you know, earth-shattering experience. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, Damascus Road experience, we call it. Uh, you know, Peter has really been formed in this strong Jewish faith and his conversion is to see people he saw as unclean, mm-hmm. as, as as something, as the work of God, and that nothing that God has made is unclean. And, you know, I, I think of those as two conversions. Yeah. And someone said to me along the way that we have many conversions mm-hmm. along our lifetime. And to me, a sign, I mean, Jill, a sign of this, of this spirit moving, this unpredictable spirit is how different Peter and Paul's lives become. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just nothing that anyone would have imagined mm-hmm. in either of them. And and I've known people like that, and I'm sure you have as well, who because of because of the work of God in their their lives, uh, they just they're, they're on a different journey. Yeah. And that's, that's at the heart of Acts. Yeah. I've heard uh, Mike Slaughter, who was a longtime pastor of Ginghamsburg Church, a Methodist church in Ohio, say that he was, he's been saved once, but he's gone through several conversions. Yeah. And I, I think that, um, I think many of us can uh, associate with that, that there have been many times when we have had a conversion of the way we in the way we see God and the way we see different people, the way we see ourselves, and I think um, I think there's uh, definitely some Paul and Peter conversion moments in in many of us. That's really interesting. I like that. I mm-hmm. mean, conversion of Paul. I've heard that over and over and over again, but I've never heard the idea of when Jesus has the the vision and goes to talk to Gentiles. That being a conversion. Oh, when Peter does, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, yeah. yeah, Peter. The white sheet uh, story, absolutely. Yes. That he has to see several times yeah. before he gets the point. That's right, that's right. Which leads to another pivotal story in the book of Acts, one that I know that you've reflected on quite a bit in your role as a bishop, Acts yeah. 15, the Jerusalem Council. Can you uh, review uh, just generally what the backstory is behind Gen- the Jerusalem Council and why it's such an important story? For us, yeah, you know, Acts fifteen, and you know, I would encourage uh, uh, those pilgrims on this journey through the Bible. Just really see that as something to really pay special attention to. It's a turning point mm-hmm. in the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Had 
had Acts 15 ended in a different way, the whole story would have been remarkably different. <laughs> right. And and it's it's just a fork in the road. And so what's going on is this Holy Spirit is being poured out on all flesh. And one of the implications of that is that the Gentiles are receiving the Holy Spirit and they are accepting Christ. Mm-hmm. And they're bearing fruit in their lives. And and uh, and these are these were not the chosen people. Mm-hmm. You know, no. the, these were the <laughs> these were the outsiders. You know, these were the just the the unclean. And so, the Jerusalem conference is really the gathering of Peter and Paul and several other leaders to get together to really to really reflect on one question, and that is, do the Gentiles have to become Jewish mm-hmm. in order to follow Jesus? Mm-hmm. Must they enter through the door of ritual Judaism and circumcision to do this? And in the end, the answer is, to summarize, no, they do not. Mm-hmm. They do not have to become Jewish. They can be Gentiles if they accept by faith uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then there were some, there were some uh, ritual pieces of it they were to keep as well. Uh, and uh, and in my in the ministry that I've had in these last uh, really eight years as a bishop. Uh, the question has that I've reflected on, uh, and many others have, is: Is this one of the scriptures' best text to reflect on uh, the inclusion of our friends in the LGBTQIA community mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who are gay or lesbian or transgender or bisexual? And who have a profound faith in Jesus, mm-hmm. and we see the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and uh, what is their place in the church? Right. And and so my own my own reflection on this, and speaking and writing on this, has been it, it, for me. It's been somewhat similar to uh, growing up in the church in the Deep South. You know, as as a child, it was unthinkable that a person who had been through a divorce mm-hmm. uh, could be a leader in the church, could be a teacher in a Sunday school classroom, could be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw the church change its mind mm-hmm. about that over decades. Uh, and there were reasons the church changed its mind. These people have gifts. We see to the fruit of the Spirit in the lives of these persons. They have suffered enough. Hmm. Uh, they have been harmed. Uh, they're a part of the body. They're a part of our family. Uh, this is the work, the movement of God. And for me, um, Acts is a fluid book. Uh, it is not a nailed down book of doctrine. It is a fluid book that is about the movement of the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 15 at the Jerusalem conference, 
um, that they were really also, to say it another way, they were wrestling with what is the tradition and what is innovation. Uh, yeah. That's good. So the tradition was faith in God, faithfulness to God th- through the incarnate God, Jesus. The innovation was we can push beyond these boundaries. Right. And because we could push beyond these boundaries, the gospel is now free to fulfill Acts one eight mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. to go into all the world. Had the church said no, had the church said, no, we stay in Jerusalem, I'm convinced Christianity would have been a small mm-hmm. part of the geography of that holy city. Mm. Yes, I see, I see the council in Jerusalem as being a key part of Acts that is still can be used today. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Right. We always should be examining what we're doing to see if any of what we consider as our traditions or anything we consider to be sacred, are those things actually hindering new believers mm. and from them joining our community. Amen. And what I like about that uh, interplay between tradition and innovation that you're describing, Bishop Carter, is that there are things that we still need to hold in common, um, that we need to hold in the center, mm-hmm. the um, the uncompromising core of our convictions, right. that, we, that we aren't allowed just to believe whatever we want to believe. Uh, right. There are some there are some essentials, but even within that and beyond that, there is, as you said, an ever widening push by the spirit to include more and more people. And, you know, you've mentioned LGBTQ inclusion and other ways that we've experienced that. I think it's evidence that the ripple effect is still going, um, that the ripple is still widening and widening, um, which is an exciting thing to think that we are still part of the act story. I have, if you will, (laughs) a little bit of an off the wall question. I'm just curious. Why do you think there was just, I mean, Paul was so powerful. Uh, he was a great preacher, visited a lot of places, converted a lot of people. Why weren't there more Pauls? Why weren't there like people converted on the road to Jericho or on the road to somewhere else? <laughs> and so that there would be a lot of them out there doing God's work and spreading the message. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a great question. My sense is that there probably are. <laughs> there probably were. There probably are. They just and, didn't make it into the book. <laughs> well, you know, Paul. Paul is is is. You do get this sense of, uh, you know, Priscilla and Aquila. You do get these names yeah. of persons who come alongside Paul for a time. They're here. They're there. Uh, you know, his relationship with Timothy, his relationship with Barnabas. Uh, clearly, Acts, the first few chapters is more about Peter. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes more about Paul. Uh, but in the end, you know, what's fascinating is, and that's a, a great question, Jill, it sort of leads me to this. At the end of Acts, we really don't know what happens to Paul. Right. No. That's true. And, and so, you know, I, I remember a teacher saying, that's kind of intentional. This is not a biography of Paul. Mm. And so at the end, it says, 
He's under house arrest and the gospel is unhindered. There's that word at the end. It's really, it's really a biography of the movement of God. Uh, the kingdom of God is being proclaimed to the ends of the earth and nothing can stop it. Hmm. And, and so Paul is a key figure in this story. He's, he's a remarkable person, uh, but the story goes on beyond Paul's life. And throughout history, there have been remarkable people, some of them quiet, some of them really public uh, in, in every kind of ethnicity, in every kind of, uh, with every kind of gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's a great question. I do think, you know, for much of Acts, Paul kind of carries the weight. Yeah. Uh, but then the story moves on, yeah. you know, beyond. Okay. I like that. The story doesn't stop with Paul. The story stops with the gospel goes on unhindered out Absolutely. into the world. Yeah, and that's the that's literally how the book ends. Very open-ended. Absolutely. And that means that it's our story today to unfold, yeah. to make it an ongoing part of our witness to the world. Thanks so much for listening. And whether you've been on this journey with us from the beginning or just hopping on, we're glad you're here. Be sure to share this podcast and rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts. We're still worshiping online Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. And you can join us on Facebook or at hydeparkumc.org forward slash live. You can also connect with us on Facebook, search for The Bible Project 2020 and request to join. Jill Kronz produced this episode. I'm Matt Hotho. See you next week.